0: So today is the 23rd of November, 2021. We've come together to practice the Dhamma. And why do we do this Dhamma practice? We do this Dhamma practice because the mind has delusion, has ignorance, the mind lacks clear knowing, has this quality of ignorance which covers over the heart gives rise to suffering and stress, to dukkha. So we practice Dhamma because we need a mind that has clear knowing, that has Ouija. And when we have this clear knowing, then delusion can't arise, and therefore suffering can't arise. Just like when brightness arises, darkness can't arise. speaking of brightness and darkness, speaking in another way, we can say that the darkness, darkness is still there, but it can't affect the light, it can't affect the brightness. When we turn on a lamp, or turn on a light, then the darkness uh, vanishes. But when the brightness, when the light goes away, then darkness is there the same as before. But when brightness and light is there, then darkness can't affect it. This is like the mind with wisdom that has wisdom arising. Delusion can't affect such a mind. So therefore we need wisdom in order to not have suffering. Then we may ask, well, how do we give rise to wisdom? We listen to the Dhamma, we study and give rise to wisdom through memory as well from what we have listened to heard and studied for instance we chant that old age sickness and death are normal we chant this and when we chant we may have a deep feeling touch the heart our mind feels very full and accepts this truth that old age sickness and death are normal they're things that we must experience we must receive We can feel this very deeply in the heart and mind. This is a mind that has collectedness, that has samadhi, that has wisdom arising from samadhi. But sometimes we chant, and we chant, and the mind isn't with the chanting. The mind is thinking here and there, lost in worries and thoughts. And this is a mind that lacks samadhi, and this does not give rise to wisdom. This is chanting like a parrot, just repeating the sounds, but not knowing the meaning. We chant, but we don't know what we're chanting about. We're just chanting according to what we've heard. For instance, we may chant that the body is something that's not beautiful, composed of 32 parts. It's something that's filled with unclean things, covered over by skin but in our hearts we don't see the body as something that's not beautiful. It's something that we can study, we can say out loud, and we can chant, but we don't feel that in our own minds. So therefore we must practice again, practice with samadhi, cultivate collectedness. We can cultivate samadhi with the recollection of the Buddha, with loving-kindness meditation, or with contemplating death, always to bring the mind to peacefulness and collectedness. And then we contemplate the body as something not beautiful. We see the body as something covered over with skin. And if there wasn't this skin, then the blood would flow out in all directions. Because we see that there's various blood vessels underneath the skin all throughout the body. Something that's underneath the skin, there's something, things that are not beautiful. And Ajahn Chah would teach that when there's no skin, then the blood will flow out. For instance, there may be 60 or 70 monks sitting in the meditation hall, and he would teach that if these monks didn't have skin covering their bodies, it would be red in all directions, blood would be flowing in all directions. And so we see that the body, and see this blood as something that's not beautiful, something unattractive and unclean. So we contemplate to see this clearly. In the beginning, we may not contemplate to see the not beautiful nature of the body, and that's okay. We can use a single meditation object, a single kamatana. So don't worry about this. Don't worry, will I see the dhamma using this object? Just use that meditation object to bring the mind to peace. It can be loving-kindness meditation or repeating bhutto with the in and out breathing. Whatever one's meditation object, use that object, uh, practice with it until you're skilled and proficient in that, until you can bring the mind to collectedness well. Until the mind is well and collected, then you're able to control the kilesas to reduce the thinking in the mind, to give rise to applied thought, sustained thought, rapture, happiness, and one-pointedness. So when we have applied thought and sustained thought, then rapture arises. And this may just be a little bit of samadhi, but when it happens more and more, there's more and more of this, then we call this upajara samadhi, samadhi that's close to one-pointedness, Rapture rises, and this gives rise to sukha, happiness or bliss, a fullness in the heart. And this is the mind that has collectedness. This is something that's possible, that we can do. We say it is difficult for the mind to gather in collectedness, but to have that collectedness be stable and lasting is even more difficult. And when we have a mind with samadhi, then whatever sense impressions arise, the mind doesn't chase after them. Because normally the mind without samadhi will chase after sense impressions with liking and disliking incredibly quickly, chases after these sense impressions very quickly. But the mind with samadhi that has strength and energy, whatever thoughts arise, it can let go whatever visual forms can let go, whatever smells at the nose can let go, sounds at the ears can let go, tastes at the tongue can let go, bodily sensations can let go, mental objects can let go. So you must practice to bring the mind to samadhi in just this way, to make the mind collected and firm in this collectedness. To see physical form is something that's not beautiful. Contemplate to see this clearly. And you can ask, well, where is beauty to be found in this body? Investigate to see the body is not beautiful. And when you see the body is not beautiful, then the mind becomes beautiful and radiant. And if one sees the body as something that's beautiful, this is a mind that has the kilesas covering over it. And when one sees the body as self, as me and mine, this is the kilesas covering over the mind in that moment as well. This is the cause for greed, aversion, and delusion to arise. So therefore we must practice and train our hearts to train them thoroughly and to train them well. The mind that's well-trained gives rise to happiness this is a happiness that arises from wisdom, from clear knowing, knowing the Dhamma, which is something that we should know clearly. So we all have a very good opportunity and in, in this life to practice and train our minds, to train them in collectedness, to give rise to Samadhi. And we use virtue as the foundation for this. So may you have effort in this. This is something very important This is seeking out inner wealth, a wealth that's inside of us, a wealth that is noble, the best type of wealth. And this listening to Dhamma, we also reckon as a noble wealth. Practicing generosity, making merit, practicing virtue, listening to Dhamma, these are all types of noble wealth. So therefore, may you have effort perseverance and firm intent in your practice in your building of goodness to the best of your ability. And we as a society have a a very good opportunity, very good fortune that we have this opportunity to practice and make merit. So may you do this continuously to give rise to rapture and happiness, to see the fruits of dhamma practice. And at this point, one is not lazy One has effort, no one needs to force one to practice. We can compare it to a child who has effort and perseverance in their studies. They study well and they can understand the various subjects that the teacher teaches. And they seek out even more knowledge because they have happiness in their studies. They feel fullness of heart in their studies. And their parents don't need to force them or control them to study because the child finds happiness and enjoyment in their studies on their own. The parents simply give care, food, shelter, medicine, and so on, give strength and energy of heart. Then the child is able to do their studies and do their schoolwork so speaking in this way, we can say that this child has entered the stream of study. And for Dhamma practitioners, they have rapture and happiness arise. And seeing the body is empty, they feel fullness and happiness in the heart. At this point, there's no need to control oneself. One is intent and sets one's heart on the practice already whatever the great teacher says, then they do that. And then they're able to progress well in their Dhamma practice, just like the child progresses in their studies. And when the path factors of virtue, collectiveness and wisdom gather together, and the mind starts to see clearly, to see the Dhamma, to see the path to Nibbana. At this point, one sees clearly that all the great teachers, what they've taught, This is clearly, this is clear, this is the way to Nibbāna. The teachings of the great teachers become clear in the mind. And one sees that, oh, it's just like this, this is the way. So may you set your hearts on this to cultivate your mind, to reduce the suffering in the mind. So may you all be intent in your practice.